Chase Young with the sunglasses. Rolling out. I'm sad that Chase Young's hurt. Yeah, he is such a beast. He's like a pretty good dude, I've heard, too. Like, he's just oh, a super I, I, nice I, guy. One thing I can tell you. What? Good at football. Oh, my God. Good at football. I'm is telling that, you. I've always said I thought he was better than the Bosa's. I think so. He, he's right there, he if might not be, yeah. better than the Bosa's. Well, I think, so I think he's different than the Bosa's. Because I, yeah. I think he's more of a freak athlete than the Bosa's. Oh, no, no, he's yeah. In, like, he's in, like... Miles Garrett freak athlete. That's what I'm saying, though. You think yeah. if he can take that next level and learn right. more technique? Oh, oh yeah. my God. He's going to be That's a fucking thing. Yeah, murderer. I think, I think the Boses are a little bit more technically sound oh, than yeah. he is. But... but he's right there, though. Yeah, he's a freak. I'm a freak of the week. Welcome into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Sunday, October 4th. We're recording... During the 1 o'clock games right now, uh, right now, just going into the second half, some of the games. Uh, thank you for listening. Ohio's uh, top sports and beer podcast in Ohio, according to us. Award-winning 30 Rack of Sports, of course. Uh, for our introductions, of course, I'm the talent. Greg, I keep this ship online. Uh, make sure you two, you know, stay in line. Thank you. But uh, to, intro, to intro my two co-hosts, on my right, a guy who's asking... What do you mean to another uh, Bieber start to another Bieber that has let him down, as well as where are you now <laughs> to the Indian strong bullpen? It's Zach. Zach, how we doing? Uh, that's the first time I laughed about that whole debacle. So I feel a little better, but uh, I'm ready to lay in. Not lay in, but you know, we all had disappointing weeks. So who doesn't love a little little Justin Bieber uh, to yeah. uh, lighten some things up? And of course. To my left, the guys on the ones and twos, but a guy that I'm kind of worried about, a guy who can't really seem to get in the swing swing of things recently, just <laughs> leaving some things out there, kind of on base, and can't really seem to get anything, you know, oh, done, get get damn. anything home, really. Oh damn! Even with some extra time, it's our producer Josh. Josh, how we doing? Why you gotta cut me down like that after after a play playoff, two playoff losses, brutal. brutal. Most Cincinnati playoff. Josh losses just wants a win. Yeah, it's all he wants. Not yeah, a championship, I, a win. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to win a playoff series. I mean, we were stuck with playoffs. Just trying to win a game. But uh, uh, as as has been greatly shown, uh, a lot of disappointment here in this room for for Wild Card Weekend. Uh, the, pretty much the central region of America just completely falling off during the Wild Card series. So. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, football. We got our worst of the week. We got a little bit of trivia coming up. Uh, I know the, these guys are excited to see what's what's going on in the Emporium. But first, guys, got a Great Lakes beer, and I'm really excited to try it out. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. We are drinking this week Hazecraft IPA from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Up in Cleveland, one of the biggest uh, brewing companies in Ohio, one of the most famous, obviously kind of the stalwart of Cleveland, uh, have some great beers overall. Uh, but this is one of their new ones, their new IPAs. So it's uh, just came out the end of August. It's a nice uh, hazy IPA. So let's give it a try, guys. What do you, what do you guys think? Juicy, tropical, and hazy is what it Ooh, says. Ooh, buddy. Indeed I, it is. I do. I like that a lot. Wow. Um, yeah, oh, wow. a little bit of everything. 
And then, like you said, it's got that juiciness, got that bitterness that comes in at the end. And it's got a little yeah. bit of a fruity taste, too. It which does, is yeah. very nice. It's yeah. a very complimentary. This is... This is that's this not is, what you would expect from Great Lakes. Now, I know Great Lakes has a big line, but we all know, like, Great Lakes, they're known for, like, their porters or, like, things such as that. Yeah, they're, and, they're Elliot Ness, yeah. they're Dortmunder, stuff like that, yeah. So this is a little bit of a change of pace. and yeah. This is, yeah, I know. I've been counting down the days till they for the put Christmas, out the Christmas, yeah. Christmas sale. First pour, in Ohio. first pour of yeah. the Christmas sale at their brew company is or October 22nd. So oh, coming up here soon. Nice. We're coming. We're, We're coming. coming. We'll uh, definitely do this, this again. This is so but, different yeah. than that because it's mm. kind of like that summery, hazy IPA. Yeah. And you're right. It's kind of out of character for them, but it's really good. It's got, I think, I think honestly, it's a great like fall beer because you get the nice fruitiness. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit heavier than your normal summer ales, but honestly, this is one of my favorite IPAs we've had on the show. I like a little bit of fruit in my beer, obviously. I, I like, too. you know, the sour beers and whatnot, yeah. but do like IPAs. So when you can get a little bit of a fruit flavor from an IPA, I oh, really appreciate that. It's a very nice beer to, you know, take the ferry out to Putin Bay and just sit around out in the bars <laughs> yeah. there. It is. It does have yeah. a very, has that. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Island it's got feel. those uh, Simcoe and uh, the lemon drop hops in it. Mm. Oh. Of, like, really balance that out. It's got three yeah. different types of hops in it, but I think the lemon drop hops really kind of add that yeah. fruity sourness to it. Um, it does. But it's, yeah, it's really good. Definitely a hazy IPA. It definitely yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, and if you're looking for it, uh, it's released around Ohio uh, in the... 16-ounce cans and the six-pack of the 12-ounce cans. So we'll not find it in bottles, but we'll find it in cans uh, across the state as well as on draft in their tap room up in Cleveland. So 6.7% uh, ABV, uh, maybe a little bit more alcoholic, probably pretty standard for about what you're going to get out of an IPA, but a really solid beer. And, and, you know, we've had some great beers the last few weeks, and we this have. is definitely up there. So yeah. if you like IPAs, and you, especially if you like a little bit of fruitiness in your IPAs, this is the perfect one to try. It's not overbearingly hoppy, so if you're not too hoppy yeah, with your only, IPAs, only a 40 IBU. Yeah. yeah, but certainly a a great beer. So if you're looking for a nice fall beer while you're kicking back, watching the Browns or the Bengals, probably disappoint you. Getting ready for Ohio State football yeah, or, or watching the Bearcats, uh, pick up a Hazecraft IPA because it's certainly a, a solid choice. Craig. Wild card week was a woeful week for Ohio as both teams got swept in their wild card series. The Reds' offense went dormant behind some great pitching, being the first team ever to be held scoreless in a playoff series versus the Braves. The Indians did get the offense going, but were let down by shaking pitch shaky pitching, allowing over 20 runs in two games versus the Yankees. In college football, the Cats keep rolling. UC was bit by the turnover bug, turning the ball over four times, but thankfully for them, South Florida turned the ball over five times as UC was able to take care of business, beating the Bulls 28-7. And finally, the MLS rolls into the, its final month of the season as the crew continue to stay on top of the league after a 2-2 draw versus Dallas. Fortunately, FCC continues to struggle down the stretch as they fall to Minnesota United 2-0 and now currently sit seven points out of the playoffs. And those are your OH headline. Alrighty, so it may not be Oktoberfest anymore, guys, but we are bringing back another edition of the worst of the worst, or 
the worst of the worst. The worst. Uh, we're talking about the worst stuff of the week. Obviously, um, a lot of disappointing things, especially in the state of Ohio over the last week. But uh, we're going national here. So we're talking about what's what's the worst uh, news story or, or headline from the week. We're going to start off with you, Zach. Zach, what, what's your verse of the week? Right. So like you said, it's national. We'll get to my tribe in a minute. Uh, oh, we'll get there. The, <laughs> we will. <laughs> The NFL COVID uh, is kind of, I think, the big issue. Uh, the Titans this week, their game was uh, postponed. Uh, they're playing Steelers, right? Pittsburgh, uh, I think it's up to 18 people have tested. I'm not necessarily one who's going to freak out about it, but it's pretty bad when you've had an outbreak like that on one team, I think. And then it's kind of what Cam Newton tests positive, a Chiefs player tests positive. So I know the Patriots game has moved to Monday night right to now. ruin my Packers. That's our night. That was our night. That was that, yeah. That was our night. Um, that was Mahomes' night. Yeah. Geese. Um, but, yeah, I I think the NFL, I'm curious to see how it plays out. You know, the MLB, the Cardinals had a similar situation um, where they were playing. I mean, what Marlins they ended up playing. Too. Yeah, the Marlins had a little bit, too. But I think the Cardinals ended up only playing, like, 58 games, right? Or did they, yeah, they, yeah. No, they only played 58 games, yeah. Um, it's doable with one team. It seems like, for we hope. It's just congested to the one team. I've been questionable about the NFL's uh, whole protocol, though. They seem to have a college-level approach to it a little bit, where it kind of like team by team, from my yeah. understanding, has kind of been... Be very reactive, right? not yeah. so much proactive. Right, yeah. and I know the NFL, I guess, is actually sending, and the NFLPA are sending people to Nashville to check out what the situation is with the Titans. Not a good look for Vrabel at all right no. now. Um well, it's not a good look for the NFL either. No, you send no. people there to figure out what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, you should have already known what's going on because you should have been the one. I mean, this has been a week. It's been a week. Yeah, We're talking I mean, now on Sunday. It's been like a week. Yeah, and they keep getting you know new positive tests every day. Yeah. I think it's something like ten players and eight staffers. So it's it's kind of going through the lineup, which is one of the things that worries you when a few people from, especially quarterbacks on on both the Patriots mm-hmm. and the Chiefs, testing positive. You know, they're right next to the. You know, obviously getting the snap from the center, handing it off, throwing the ball to wide receivers, maybe throwing a pick to, you know, DB, so all over the field. So it'd be interesting to see if it's um, actually, you know, false positive or not or how far it's actually spread. I know there was another issue. Uh, I believe it was the Lions game. There was a false positive. As yeah, well. There was yeah. a false positive. So there was something going yeah. on there. So it's just – kind of been a shit show the last week in the nfl it's not surprising with 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 the way nfl has run things under goodell anything it just not great it doesn't seem great like we all gave manfred crap and now they're moving you know baseball's moving to the ds where they're all going to be bubbled now and that worked out for I the mean, nba you can you can uh, but at least they made it through right and i think you can give adam silver credit because like at the very very bare minimum he at least was like this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. Right. This yep. is how we're going to do it. They haven't, them and the and NHL yeah. didn't have any positive tests right. for the NHL last... Yeah. Too, yeah. The only The only big issue with the last like month and a half with the bubble was the one player yeah. having someone into their room. And that was it. Right. And I mean, that was like a two-day story. And the only other thing I'm going to say is, you know, you've also had coaches leading up to this, like Gruden... Um, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Not even wearing the mask, really. Yep. Right. And, like, you didn't see that in baseball. Like, all the managers, anytime you saw the cameras in the dugouts, they, you know, this was a player yeah. playing. Everybody had masks you know, on. Yeah. The they fined him, and they did come down yeah. on them, but still. Yeah. 
There were some hefty fines. Yeah, they were hefty. Between maybe like five parties that two weekend. Yeah. uh, Week two weekend, it was like over $1.25 million worth of combined fines. I mean, they're trying, but I always knew it was going to be harder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Greg, uh, what's your. uh, As as we. uh, Sorry, we're watching football. We are live watching the Browns. Zeke might have fumbled, so. uh, I think he's down, buddy. You shut up. But. my worst of the week is a team that you actually brought up, a team that tried to single-handedly take down the MLB season, a team <laughs> that tried to destroy the integrity of football or the integrity of baseball, a team that has done everything the wrong way and has somehow been given They beat your Cubs because so you're talking a lot of shit for and guy. he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean he's not, but a team that beat the Cubs, swept the Cubs. It's the Miami fucking All three Marlins. of our teams got swept in an embarrassing yeah, we format. All, yeah, so I'm not necessarily too. making the Miami Marlins we'll traded away their three best players for differing returns, and the Cubs, chains and everything, could not figure out how to beat them. Unbelievable. Derek Jeter's getting all this praise. Oh, I hate Derek Jeter. I hate Derek He deserves no praise. Yeah, no no, praise. Over, over the course of 162 games, I think they would have fallen off. They got oh, big lucky time. here. You know, best of three series. But I think when you get into the thick of things, I think they'll lose. But it's just, it's annoying to see, you know, a lot of us, I mean, Cubs won 108 years without winning a World Series. Indians have gone since 1941. 71. Soon to be 72 years. But, uh, and then you look at the Marlins who have never lost a playoff series in their history. And you're like, huh. God, must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice. To be fair, though, or like unfair to the Marlins, though, every time they've won 97 and 03, they win this series, right? They blow it up. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, they really haven't had opportunities to lose this series. They wait till they're really damn good. I don't even want to talk about 97, but, you know. Yeah. But the one That's thing that I will say is... Uh, thank you, thank you. If they do it this year, I don't know if they'll blow it up because I think they have about 12, about 20 guys on the minimum on their roster right now. I'm not going to so. lie, since they did, since they... I, I am kind of just rooting for them because I would love for that to be, like, on the Dodgers right now who just look un beatable right that if they got beat by the marlins i would just laugh so hard you look at oh no and the other the other problem that i didn't bring up about the marlins is every other inning john chambi would bring up the steve bartman seat we know oh yeah oh yeah yeah. we know what happened i mean that's you guys want a series i mean it's it's over all that curse shit we don't need to hear about anymore i saw people bringing that up constantly on twitter too and he kept bringing it up like why you want you yeah like you you want that's that's when I first started like to really get into baseball. Cause that yeah, was about, I remember I was, watching like, all that. that. Everybody point. remembers the and Bartman. I was like, yeah, because yeah. you know I was a big Sammy Sosa fan, of course. Let Sammy back in Chicago, by the way. And it's like every time it's like that's not even because they move the seats around. So they're like, you realize the seat that he would be in would be about ten rows back. But yeah, let's zoom in on the seat that wouldn't even be the seat that Steve Bartman would have sat in. And it's like, yeah. guys, it's a different series. There are no fans in. Get over it's it. It's not even get a, over the Marlins. You won the series. Shouldn't be in the all the Bartman stuffs. All that shit is over. Right. Some you of don't us get to claim it anymore. Some cities done. still suffer from curses. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Yeah, I know. Bo Jackson and whatnot. Goddamn rain delays. I'm telling you. <laughs> get out. Get, get out of here, Josh. It's well, only been since 1990, but uh, we'll yeah. get to we'll get to whatever worst of the week is. The Browns and Kareem Hunt look to have scored another touchdown. 
Is that nice. 28 points in yeah. about a quarter and a half? That. The Browns, Browns not on are our, rolling. Not on our worst. Everybody picked the Cowboys. Everybody picked the Cowboys, and the Browns are fucking rolling. Look at them what go. team is this? I don't know. I woke up feeling dangerous in Texas, it looks like. All right, Josh, you wanted to talk some shit about Cincinnati coaches? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you can I, do that pretty much every week. Yeah, yeah any day. Pick a day of the week, really. Um, and, and, and I'm not putting all blame. I feel like there's a lot of I people am. in Cincinnati right now that want to put all blame on on a certain group or a certain individual. I put a lot of blame on David or on David Bell. So. And, and yeah, I'll put a lot of blame on David Bell. He's got to be gone. And look, yes, yes, yes. Players need to take blame too. The same can be said for each Joey one of Votto. our teams. Yeah, Joey, oh, Joey yeah. Votto had a terrible, disappointing postseason series. But you can say the same for the Indians, the Reds, and the Cubs. If well, the players yeah. don't hit, the players don't hit. You're not going to get on hit. base. We hit, or the pitch. players don't pitch. Well, yeah, the yeah, same. I guess, I guess not reverse. so much. Not so much for the Indians. Didn't the Indians pitch. was the reverse. The strength yeah. of the team just imploded. Right for the Reds yeah. and Cubs. If you just don't hit, that's brutal. I mean, yeah, that looked like every one Indians run combined in four game. games. That one run though by former Bearcat Ian Happ hitting the that's, dinger. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, David Bell. You have to give some of the blame to him. That double steal. The double steal, and let me tell you, I want to run this by you guys because yeah. I just don't understand this, and this to me is truly the worst of the worst. In that playoff game, when you have men on and you've got an opportunity to score and it's looking in one of those small ball games mm. where you just need to score a single manufacture run. Manufacture the run. Yeah, yeah just yeah. manufacture a single run. Your first pinch hit choice is Matt Davidson, no. who you released nope. a month ago and hasn't seen Major League Live pitching in over a month. Should have been and that Shogo. Is your, it could have been Shogo. It what was the matchup? And I'm sorry, I didn't watch all. I watched, you know, I was preoccupied with my team. Regardless of the matchup. But yeah, I get what you're this saying. Your yeah, first, I was this trying is your to... first substitution in the yeah. postseason game where you just need to manufacture a run, and you choose the guy that has not seen Major League Live pitching no, in over no, a month. No, 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 yeah. No, you don't know do it. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Like That's why he has runs. to go. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, I, he has to be. I understand people want to give him credit for getting the Reds to no, the postseason. the talent was there. The GM deserves credit for getting them there. I no. don't know how you like look at that. You can look at the double steal, he, and you can mis- look at that substitution. He mismanaged can... the pitching staff. Oh, I mean, he, did, year. he did a decent job in the play. You know, Amir Garrett, and obviously, you know, when you give up one run in what thirteen innings or whatever, you're just you, you tip your cap as far as what you're doing pitching wise. But it's like the double steal, the fact that you know he was unwilling to try to manufacture runs because it's like if you want to manufacture a run. Shogo played in Japan. Small ball is right. much bigger Small ball in Japan. Is his thing. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys that you could probably tell. You know, he hadn't been hitting well, but you could say, hey, slap the ball to the right side or the left side. Well, Drop down a button. And late and in the season, that's all he'd been yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. You know, all you need to do is, yeah, slap one into into the gap and get a that game one. Single. That game one was brutal. Yeah. yeah I mean, brutal. it really is. Like, how you can have the bases loaded that many times and not score a run and then excuse the manager... No, I just it's, don't understand. He, that. He's. I was shocked he came back this year. Uh, you know, with the whole thing with the pirates, him getting in a fight. He doesn't seem like someone who can control himself to begin with. I, I, the whole antic thing that's with one him thing, is. But you go back to last year. It should have been done with the it. Well, I'm saying on you kept, top of you that kept is Scott Shebler on last year, where he barely held around a 100 Scott batting. Scott Shebler was leading off for them for like two I know. months. Yeah. 
And you look at the same thing this year. You had Josh Van Meter, who I've tried. I tried last year, and I tried this year to be high on because he was he is good a good for fielder. about a week and a half. Too. Yeah, and he he's been he had his yeah. good week and everything. His good week. All Reds minor. <laughs> Everybody a a has half, a good yeah. week. Right. But but the fact is that like this year he had an 0.59 av- batting average. God damn. And like someone who like Michael Lorenzen maybe who's a pitcher but at least had five home runs in the past two years and a yeah. four sixty something slugging Jeez. percentage. You think and can he play a little bit of outfield? Had a walk off hit for the Reds last year. Can play a little bit of outfield. Never gotten at bat all year. I mean, After might as well huge, at that point. Yeah, I mean. How you don't look at David Bell and at least question some of his decisions this year is beyond me. I also have to question real quick Jim Turner's defense of Bobby Hart. I just don't understand. Uh, said Who that is he's, Jim Turner? Jim Turner is the offensive line coach of he the Cincinnati Bengals. Based on what I've seen stink. from the Bengals' offensive line. He's defended Bobby Hart. He says the criticism doesn't get to Bobby. He's playing the best football of his career. What? And that he's the most underappreciated and most picked on player in the NFL. What? I know. I'm like, Jim Turner, like, man, hit me up. 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. What are you smoking? Like, hey, since, hey, I'll, guys, you Zach Taylor, for... I will come be your offensive line coach. I'll, I'll for be your like half of what you're paying coach. him right now because, it, and I will. Anybody in Cincinnati can That's what your offensive line coach thinks. That's that terrible. Hart, even if he is playing the best footballist of his career, sure. It's hey, terrible. Hey. <laughs> sure. I'm 5'9", 160, and I'll take that right tackle right, job over there, Bobby buddy. Hart. Why get not? in there. I can be a turnstile. Um, and then my <laughs> final Cincinnati coach that I'm going to roast, and the guy that gets the most leniency because he's still dealing with the garbage roster. Not a garbage roster, but just the kind of football that they're trying to play. It's not built for it. Yop Stom. Is this Mr. Clean? Yeah, Mr. Clean. Ah. Yop Stom. Def- world-class defender and everything. And there, there have been matches where that has shown that the defense has improved. But you've still been outscored eleven to two in your last six matches. Yeah, they've kind of fallen off a cliff after being it's frisky time for a to while. Seem, yeah. That's what I'm saying with Cincinnati coaches right now and why they are my worst of the what week. What about Big Dick Fick? Big Dick Fick? Oh sure. But your quarterback who's been Oh no, I, starter, I'm all on the no, train. I'm all no, on the train. Still isn't great. John Brennan is the only one that I'm trusting right now, and I'm well, looking forward to Bearcats. Yeah, well, basketball. the only reason why I would give Fickle is because Prater, Ben Bryant wasn't active last Ben Bryant wasn't active, I think active, after yes. three picks, they would have gotten Ben Bryant a little bit of run, but yeah. wasn't available. But, you so. know, it's some of these coaches. Trust in the UC coaches, but the professional coaches were. Right. Know, it's some of these new coaches in Cincinnati, you know, like we appreciate what you're trying to do and everything, and there have been some bright spots and definitely changes in culture, but it's time to start seeing some real results here. Fair. Yeah. So let us know what your worst of the week is. I mean, we'll get more into um, – Reds and Indians coming up here soon, but let us know uh, whether you think the Marlins are your worst, uh, COVID's the worst, or just Cincinnati coaches in general are your worst. Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, fellas, I'm going to let you know what's brewing in Ohio. Bear with me. We've got a lot this week. Whoa. whoa, A lot going on. Look, Ohio's uh, always brewing, Josh. Ohio is always brewing, Greg, and we've got uh, two cool collaborations going on right now. Well, stop. We're gonna start collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start in Columbus, uh, where Restoration Brew Works and the Phoenix Brewing Company are uh, trying to capture the be- beautiful uh, 
Ohio autumnal winter transition in in a beer. So it tastes like shit. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say it's it's very uneven and just like going from like forty degrees to like hundred degrees. It's called yeah, yeah tastes really good and it tastes really bad. It's called Smoky Jack. It's a smoked pumpkin chai ale. So to Whoa. me personally, I know you guys some of those be, words. You guys may be right. Uh, I'm not a big <laughs> pumpkin or chai. I'm guy. a big pumpkin guy. But if you like smoked beers, guy. if you like pumpkin ales, and then if you like chai tea, I mean, it sounds like the beer for you. I'll be willing to try it. it sounds intriguing. like a very good like uh, by the fire beer. I just feel like the aftertaste should taste like pumpkiny, beautiful, and then eventually it should turn into like where it tastes like that dirty snow like with salt yeah, and yeah. the yeah, dirt, the, the, build that brown, the green, the gray snow is what it should taste like. That's a uh, Smoky Jack smoking yeah. pe- smoked pumpkin chai ale. And uh, Restoration, I mean, I haven't had Phoenix, but I know Restoration, very good. Yeah, yeah so. both great. Uh, so you can find good. this uh, at Restoration Brew Works in Columbus or at the Phoenix in Mansfield. Uh, another cool collaboration that's going on with our Beer of the Week brewery, uh, Bookhouse Brewing, which we haven't had on the show, but we've mentioned before they do a lot of good charity drives. Mm-hmm. They're doing a collaboration for their anniversary uh, two-year anniversary, that is. Congratulations, Bookhouse. They're doing that collaboration with Great Lakes Brewing Company. So what they're kind of going for here is like a Nutella pastry. Oh, okay. Because that was like, uh, is it like raspberry? Yeah, no, it's not like a, yeah, it's like yeah. a chocolatey okay. pastry thing. And uh, instead of their uh, regular master uh, of baked goods, they're going with like a very diverse uh, multi hazelnut cocoa molasses thing. So it yeah, get, definitely get your Nutella yeah, flavor yeah, out there. Yeah, they said it's very accurate to the Nutella flavor. So a lot to look forward to there. Two great collaborations going on. There's also if you guys have ever gone out to uh, the Youngstown area or traveled out of Ohio to uh, the New England area of the country, you'll have to go past two lakes. One a meander reservoir on seventy. Uh, 76 there and then before you get to that there's lake milton well lake milton has a new brewery uh, the lake milton brewery it is opening october 14th you can make your way out there uh, to the nice little lake village they have out there there's lots of other uh, establishments there that you can get to on mahoning avenue they've got a lot of cool stuff there including their very intriguing flagship beer a nat- all-natural orange vanilla creamsicle ale. Oh, Ooh, that, that sounds, sounds awesome. good. Jeez. So yeah. cool stuff there. And then, guys, our podcast well, is actually in the uh, brewing news this week. What? Uh, we're coming up on uh, one year of 30 Rack of Sports. Um, seems like it was just yesterday I was does. dissing you guys in our intros. It seems <laughs> like just about an hour ago, too. But Yeah. <laughs> But uh, one of our very first breweries that we had on the show was 13 Below Brewery here in Cincinnati, and they're having us out this week to choose their flight of the week that they do each week. Uh, So it is the 30 Rack of Sports podcast flight of the week. Uh, Let's talk about what we're choosing. It's four four beers that we're choosing in this flight. Zach, you want to start us off? Oh, yeah. Um, Honestly, I'll have all their beers there. I, I have had all of them. But I'll tell you what, as I said over, I was gonna say I, I settled into one. one. Anybody who knows me, I settle into one. You know, and any place I go, I settle into one. I I really love um, the West Coast IPA. That is pure IPA to the nth degree. 
nice bitterness and but it has a little smoothness to it really enjoy that so that that's my pick is the west coast uh i i've also drinking a lot of these beers do like the ipas but i'm someone that likes you know both light and kind of heavy beers so i i I occasionally like to find something in the middle you know red ales amber ales Mm. stuff like that so um i picked another award-winning beer uh, like the West Coast IPA, I picked the Gravenstein yeah. Amber Ale, and you know it's one of those things. If you're not trying to look for something too light, but you're not maybe an IPA or, or stout guy, an Amber Ale is kind of a nice middling, you know, about six percent alcohol, and it's got that nice American and Belgian yeast, kind of that differing flavors. That's a little bit heavier than your, you know, light Kolsch lager beers, but not quite super heavy. So it's it's definitely kind of a good middle ground. And like Greg said. Both of these were award-winning beers. We should point that out. Uh, Cincinnati King of the Hill that they've had. Um, we've actually participated in one of those, which was fun. Um, by the way, Cincinnati was also ranked uh, 2020 Drinking's best place to go for beer. Well, it's because yeah, com- so of local competitions like that. Yeah. Oh, so it's if insane. You're, if you're winning stuff like that, you're one of the top. What I'm saying is, the so area, they, they, it's around. not just like when you say since they won't, they won Cincinnati, and they're like, no, this is the best beer drinking city in the country per multiple things, and they've won two awards at those. So. Well, and what's cool about this flight that yeah. we're doing is you guys, I think, have chosen two of the most flavorful beers, mm-hmm. and then my beer that I'm choosing is the Lock and Dam number 37, which is the uh, the Lock and Dam on the Ohio River. Right outside mm-hmm. the brewery there, yeah. um, and it is a Scotch ale, uh, a great Scottish beer that has a really a lot of flavor oh, to yeah, it. Really like it's that. a good, and it's the, a good the one. flavor of this yeah. beer. I think is extremely, uh, it's just very unique and very on point to a Scottish ale, and that flavor I think is second to none um, across any Scottish ale you'll find in Cincinnati. Yeah. And then rounding out our fourth beer, we had to choose the they call it the closest thing. Uh, I, think I love the name, the and so I good. love it. It's great. Because I'm it's, sure, it's you know, if, if you listen to our podcast yeah. and you uh, are associated with a brewery in Ohio or if you go to your local brewery, sometimes you just want that light beer. Yeah, exactly. Like, What's yeah. the closest thing that you have to a light <laughs> they beer? They leaned into it, well, and they did a very yeah, good one. You bring your buddies that, you know, aren't craft beer guys, and they're like, well, mm-hmm. what, 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 like if I like Bud Light, what would I like yeah. here? Yeah, what's the closest thing to that? Well, they were just like, all right, let's brew, let's brew a light ale. Yeah. Um, and so closest thing, and it's just that light it beer. It is good. It's, it's a good very for, good beer. It's good for guys like us if we're just sitting around on an yeah. afternoon like today watching it's football. It's light. That's what you want. It has a nice taste to it. Um, yeah, nothing nothing fancy, but it, but it's it's good. I love the name. I love yeah. that they're just leaning into it. They're like, yeah. It's one of those things that your Bud Light friends would like, yeah. but it's something that you would enjoy too, a little bit more flavorful. And as mm-hmm. Josh said, if you're spending a weekend – Getting upset about the Browns or Bengals, although they're both winning yeah, right now. Can't be upset this weekend uh, with those boys. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can you can kick back a few of those and, and not feel too bad about yourself because, like you said, it's the closest thing that you would find to yeah. one of those light beers. So we've got the closest thing, the Lock and Dam number thirty-seven, the Gravenstein, and the West Coast IPA is your thirteen below brewery flight of the week. Uh, this is what's brewing in ohio this week a lot going on you can find more at ohiocraftbeer.org find them at ohiocraftbeer on social media find 13 below at 13 below on social media and find us three guys at ohio no no we're not ohio we are ohio at 30 rack of sports on Facebook, Twitter, I Instagram. I mean, honestly, at Ohio should link you at right Ohio. to 30 Rackets Boys. We are all Ohio. Because we are Ohio. 
We are Ohio beer. We are Ohio sports. We are the voice of Ohio. It's 30 Rack. We're Ohio versus the world, baby. Uh, We said we'd get to it. Fortunately, we have to get to it. Uh, We're talking the wild card round of the playoffs in Ohio. Uh, Some disappointing series for the Reds and the Indians. Both getting swept, but we're going to try to dive deeper. uh, Talk about the seasons as a whole. Uh, talk about you know what's to be proud of, who's to blame, and and kind of where do these teams go from here. So um, Zach, we'll start with you first. Being the, being the Indians fan, uh, Tribe drops two straight games versus the Yankees, uh, twelve to three and ten to nine. Obviously, that pitching has let you down, uh, <laughs> but the pitching you know was great during the year. Um, yeah. So you know what's to be proud of, and then also kind of going into the future. Obviously, of the Lindor situation and the frank kona situation so we'll start off what 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 are you most proud of for the track Uh, most proud of uh i think for any cleveland organization you make uh since 2013 that's your fifth playoff appearance uh had a pennant in there obviously we all know how that went uh goddamn rain delays i'll tell you that um (laughs) i think that affected carrasco in game two but um yeah, proud of that. Uh, you know, Bieber's obviously probably got the uh, Cy Young locked up, and then you know Jose Ramirez might be uh, AL MVP. Only the Indians could have the AL MVP and AL Cy Young award winner and not make it out of the first round. That's that's the Cleveland thing. Um, well, and I think well, the one thing that I would also well. say, yeah, I'm that to be kind of proud of is you know obviously have traded some of their top pitchers in, yeah. in Bauer and Clevenger, but. You know, it looks like the 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 rotation's still in pretty good shape. Uh, Kenzie top five looks like back. a guy that yeah. you know that's coming back pretty strong. As well as you know, Naylor had a pretty good series. He uh, did. Fran Mill Reyes has kind of turned it on during this year. You know, at, at different times. points he really struggled. Yeah, him but, and Santana were the big culprits in the in the series. But uh, some at least some some guys to kind of take some positives out of. Well, I agree. I think. Um, not really gonna jump onto who's to blame. I don't know. It was just the Yankees. Tip the cap, the Yankees. They had a their offense finally turned it <laughs> their on. Their offense randomly. finally turned on, and they had a great um, game plan. And yeah. you saw every hitter made it difficult. Every out looked like it was you know a twelve pitch at bat. Uh, so just, honestly, it's tip of the cap, the Yankees. Sandy. A lot of the guys that are normally swinging at you know garbage pitches yeah. like Stanton and Judge really kind of made. Carrasco and Bieber work. They and did. You could see that where they finally made a mistake. They, they did, and um, you know, you got a that was Bieber's first shot um, in the playoffs. He looked nervous. I could tell right before the first pitch. You saw him out there. He looked nervous. Um, yet, you know, Carl Willis said that the Indians pitching coach he just had the yips. It, it playing simple. He just wasn't there. Um, the rain delay kind of I think messed with Carrasco. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. did what he could do. Yeah, that was that was um, some MLB BS. Yeah, yeah. delayed yeah. the game for forty five. Just like the World Series in sixteen wow. game seven. Well, yeah, oh, but no. <laughs> um, you know that uh, the bullpen. You know you brought. You know that's kind of where Sandy comes in. I don't know why you bring Krenicek. He's a rookie. Bases loaded. Nobody. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys making their first time appearances. Um, the offense kind of got it going. It was just the Cleveland way to lose. So no one singular to blame. It was just so staying kind of with the the manager and the offense. Uh, where do you think this organization goes from here? Obviously, the Lindor is a big dark cloud, and then also you have the uh, the Francona situation. You know, yeah. if he can't continue managing, had some stomach issues. Where do you kind of go from there? Do you do you Give Alomar a shot? Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, I think God can answer those two right off the bat moving forward. Um, it'll either be a Frank Kona if he can come back. If not, Alomar's got the job. Um, 
you know, made some mistakes at different times, but he's learning. It's different when you're also from being a year. bench. Yeah. yeah, it's different than being a bench coach to you're the manager. You have to make these decisions like that. Um, yeah, it will be one of those two. Uh, Lindor, he's gone. He'll be gone, and I think they'll try to make a trade. My personal favorite trade would be to New York. I know they want to move Torres, Gleyber to second, and the Indians could get uh, Clint Frazier back, who they traded for um, Andrew Miller. That makes sense on paper. Man, if they could get it a sounds couple great, of and that guy would start for anybody else but the Indians. Yeah, that, have no it spot would be for fine him. to give that away. Yeah. Honestly, if they could get like Torres and Frazier or something like that, or that maybe would be they could get Torres. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, as far as moving forward. Um, they, they need to lean into, I won't call it a rebuild, a reload. A year or two here where they'll probably be a competitive but 500 team. Yep. Um, pitching staff, you got your five stars back. Still going to be one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Bullpen, you still got some. I don't think you sign hand or anybody back. You don't pick up Santana's option. You let him go no matter what. They need to figure out. I said the bullpen, you got Krenicek, who's the closer of the future. Emmanuel Clase is going to come back. Yeah, you need to figure out some guys that can throw. But the offensive side, exactly. You have Jose Ramirez who can play three positions, but they need to get Bobby Bradley, Jake Bowers, um, Nolan Jones. Um, Yeah, they need to spend a year and say to all these young guys who have been waiting, who have been blocked for the last several years, here's your shot, let's see what we got. Yeah, and I think the one thing, maybe not this year, but – Eventually, I think they need to add some to the bullpen because I think well, they, throwing yeah. out yeah. OP and Brad Hand, you've looked at a lot of the guys that have been successful are guys throwing gas. And obviously, you have Clay's coming back. He throws gas. He throws yeah. gas. But, you know, maybe just finding some guys, maybe some of your, you know, you obviously have a, a billion starting pitchers. Right. So maybe I think they could find, and I, I feel Matten, um, people don't really talk about him. He gave a few runs, but he pitched in both games. And honestly, he was the one guy. He's younger. He came out. Kind of reminds me of Kluber a little bit, no emotion, but like he was the only guy who looked settled out there and yep. had some level of success. So I like him. I agree. There's they they would need to add some more pieces, but, but I'm not worried about yeah, that. Yeah, that's now. also maybe in like two years right. when they start to get some yeah. stuff back. They, they got a yeah. little bit of a rebuild coming, but it's not going to be a ten year rebuild. Yeah. So from a team that's you know kind of maybe on the downslope going towards a rebuild yeah. to a team finally making it back to the postseason, but unfortunately kind of struggling there. Um, Obviously, making it back to the postseason is something nice to see. Obviously, the disappointment scoring no runs in the series. Uh, we'll start with what's to be proud of, Josh. What, what are you proud of with the Red Legs? You know, obviously, kind of an up and down season, but able to kind of get hot at the end and, and showed some signs definitely from from a number of guys of some things to be optimistic about for the future. Yeah, I think I think most of all, you can be ris- realistic, realistically optimistic about the Reds bullpen. Um, which is in past, in recent years, you know, kind of been questionable. But I think you've got Michael Lorenzen, who's going into arbitration, his final year of arbitration this year. If you can get him back for one more year, he signed the one-year contract for a little less than expected this year. If you can get him back and you can get uh, Amir Garrett back, you've got. I feel like you've got a solid base there in your bullpen. You've obviously got to start a good, solid base with your starting rotation, obviously the big free agent question going into the offseason is whether or not you re-sign Trevor Bauer. Yeah, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. I'm a little opti- more optimistic than most people. Um, you've also got uh, Nick Castellanos, who's available to opt out um, this year and next year before he would go on to his third year and fourth year with the mutual opt-out But you have to year. think 
probably with the way you know COVID's taking everything, I, I would feel decent about him coming back oh, just yeah. because of the uncertainty. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of it's gonna why be a I'm tough market for the yeah. veterans. It's yeah. gonna be a tough market. It's, it's gonna be a tough market for the veterans. I don't think just because of the way you know Cincinnati sports go. I don't think a lot of people are optimistic about these things, but I think you have a little bit more room to be realistically optimistic this year for a lot of these guys. And Cassianos, unlike Moustakas, Moustakas gives off the vibes that he does want to be here and he enjoys it here. Cassianos, I don't always get that vibe from him, but you have to think, even from guys like him and Bauer, not having not having the regular year this year and yeah. having it go the way it did, you'd have to think that they'd want to come back for one more, at least one more real year to see what they can do in yeah. this division. So before going into you know what they're going to do next year, I guess with a tough offensive spot, obviously you've talked about David Bell, some issues, so obviously some guys not showing up. Uh, if you had to put the blame on someone for this, for this series, who 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 are you gonna point the finger at? If I had to put the blame, I don't think you can look. I don't think you can put the blame on a single person or group. I'm a you know, I myself am a big. You win as a team, you lose as a team, and I think yeah. the Reds have been very humble in their their loss here and have have looked in that fact. I think they're tight as a clubhouse and everything, and that they do win and lose as a team, um, and they are. By all accounts, there's been many accounts that the Reds are behind manager David Bell. Um, and like like I'll, I've said in the beginning of this podcast, I'll probably say it again by the end of this podcast, and I'll probably say it again next week. Bring in Barry. I, well, we'll get to that another time. We'll get to that. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but we'll get to it another time. The part of winning and losing as a team is that the Reds just didn't hit. I mean, you no. you broke you broke zero the, runs. Yes. You broke the record. Um, you're you went 22 consecutive innings without scoring, the longest streak to be uh, in playoff history for the MLB. Uh, and and really, what sucks about that is that both teams went one for 14 with runners in scoring position. I mean, neither team really hit. Obviously, Atlanta has the explosiveness in their lineup to convert the runs. The Reds don't. Um, but at a certain point, you have to look at all the situations. The, Red had, the Reds had runners in scoring positions. The Reds had bases twice loaded. In, twice in the extra innings, they had bases yeah. loaded. And it's just like, at a certain point, yes, the players aren't hitting. But is the manager doing anything to manufacture? In that type of game, you need to realize it's postseason. Nobody's scoring here. You're in a pitcher's duel, and you're going into extra innings. You just need to manufacture a yeah. single oh, yeah. run. Just one, and you'll probably be okay. Exactly. You'll at least extend the game at the very least. And you could not do that. That both falls on the players and the manager. I mean, we're talking about a manager. I know I brought it up in the worst of the week segment, but we're talking about a manager who pinch hit Matt Davidson, a guy who the Reds released at one point this year, hadn't seen major league pitching in over a month, in just about a month. Yeah. That was our first pinch hit. <laughs> Out of all the guys on the bench. Yeah. So you have to look at those things and you have to question those. I'm not asking for anybody to be fired. I'm not asking for anybody to be cut from the team. But you really have to look at those situations and wonder what the heck was going on there. Um, I will say it was a classic Cincinnati loss. I mean, from the players, at, at a certain standpoint, the Reds had 11 hits in that game. The, it's not like you can say the Reds didn't hit. They had 11 hits. 
Yeah. They had plenty of chances. They got off to a great start with a leadoff uh, uh, hit from two leadoff or two, two singles in like yeah. their first three Senzel hitters. Yeah. and Castellanos both got on in the first inning, and it's just like off the first pitch even. And it's just like, wow, all right, the Reds have come to play. And then from that point on, it was just like, all right, this is just a classic Cincinnati playoff game where we get all these chances and just blow them in the most unbelievable way. Um, so, like I said, I don't think anybody deserves specific blame there, but you've really got to question some of the decisions that are being made. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess going on from, you know, going from here, uh, what are your expectations for the the new season? I, I would guess they probably wouldn't make a change at the manager position, but what are your thoughts as far as, I guess, you know, Castellanos, Bauer, and then... What else do you think this team needs going forward? I think the Reds need one or two serious bench players, um, which they might already have. They mm-hmm. might already have that. Um, I mean, you look at a guy like Michael Lorenzen, who you know had he hit like two two sixty two eighty in his past two years previous to this, but then didn't get in at a bat. I mean, as a pitcher, yes, but we're talking about a guy who had a walk off hit. And he had, year. what, two grand slams last year? Or at least yeah. a grand yeah, slam. Yeah, he's had five home runs in the past two years, and then you don't, with the way that hitting was going in the middle of the season, yeah, you at don't times get, up and down all, you all think season. you'd be trying to get any sort of run in. So again, he's going into arbitration, Castellanos has the opt-out, and then Bauer. I think if yeah. the Reds sign Bauer and get rid of Alan Zinter, the hitting coach, then they'll be in a good spot. All right, spot. so I have to talk about Alan Zinter. Alan Zinter, over like his last four years, I believe his team's ranked 28th or lower in hitting. Uh, I, 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 can, I can give you this. Alan Zinter in 2015 with Houston, 250 batting average, 21st in the league. 2016 with San Diego, 235 batting average. 2017 with San Diego, 234 batting average. His two years in San Diego... They were last in the league in batting average. And then in 2020, the 212 Reds batting average was also last in the league. <laughs> so we're talking about a hitting coach who has been last in the league for the past three years. Get rid of him. Bring in a good – you've got a great, great pitching staff. Yeah. Great pitching staff. You're right. You have the talent. Get the staff in there, and why would you keep? Why would you even hire this guy? I know, I don't know. Hire I don't, Mike McGuire. I, I mean, he needs to tie Ben Barry Bond Bond who's been yeah. there for yeah, hire Barry Larkin. Hey, even as a yeah, I know everyone wants him to be the manager and everything, but like hire him as a hitting coach. He was a great hitter. There you go. Hire someone that hasn't been last in their job for the past three years. You've got it there on paper. Yeah, but I mean, Barry yeah. Larkin was a good hitter, but like he didn't win an MVP or something like that, did he? Mm, he might have on that oh, one Oh, wait, year he we won an MVP. Make, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he would be better than this guy that's been last been in the last league the last for the three past years. three yeah. years. So, yeah, I you know, get rid of that. Resign Bauer. I think it's more in the reach than Reds fans want to think. It's also a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Because that's yeah. all he said he was going to sign. Which yeah, is and stupid. If, but and if yeah. Castellanos, if at any it's point stupid. Castellanos says, I want to walk, you resign Bauer immediately. Because you, <clears throat> you've got outfield depth. Let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. So I, I think the Reds' future is bright. I think the Indians' future is bright. Um, well, the Indians' future will be bright. Um, Eventually. After, after they, have, they might have to do, I won't call it's it. It's going to be a couple I of years. I agree with you. It's not a total rebuild, but they do need to reload here. Yeah, it's a couple, it's a couple of year job, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where the Reds go from here. Uh, I think there's definitely some bright spots. Uh, the future, at least, is looking up to see, you know, a decent team. At least a team that's 
going to be competitive. Going to be competitive yeah, yeah. and going to be in it for a while, which is really, as a fan, you know, especially of a fan oh. of a team that's not in a huge market, you just want to see them competitive. All you can ask for, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll be interesting. Give us your thoughts on the Reds and the Indian seasons. You know, were you pleased? Were you disappointed? What, what are you looking forward to hey. next year? on uh, 30 Rack Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Real quick, uh, we're through the wild card series. What do you guys think in World Series matchup? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Yankees-Dodgers. I'm staying with Dodgers-A's. I'm going to go with you, Yankees-Dodgers. Going old school here. We'll that see. would actually be a fun old It'd school series. It'd be fun, yeah. yeah. I think Dodgers win that, though. Uh, no. Zach's recited. Three, two, one. We have Haze! A cloudy cosmos of Azaka, Lemon Drop, and Simcoe Hops awaits exploration. Great Lakes Hazecraft IPA. And the flavor that you can blast into orbit through a hazy galaxy of otherworldly tropical fruit aromas. Ooh, nice. I like the wings you put on there. That was nice. That was... I mean, guys, second thoughts on this beer after we've been sipping on it for a um, while. I love I love the tropical I can't fruit. wait to go. I'm actually probably going to go pick up more on the way home. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Big fan. Um, one of my uh, favorite Ohio IPAs. Yep. I'll give that Ohio IPA. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. that as well. Um, and it's I just like that it's a good hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. We had, I feel like we did a lot of, at least us personally, maybe not on the show, had a lot of hazy IPAs this summer. Oh, yeah. And this one is is different. Um It is. It's not it's not um I can't really it's not as bitter. Yeah, yeah. I can't really put like specific. Because my what favorite hazy IPA different. is uh Sierra Nevada. If anybody's had that, love that. But that that's very Yeah. You very get the hop. IPA that's very hoppy, very bitter. This, yeah, is, this more, is very smooth yeah. and doesn't have the punch to it. It's 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 very drinkable for a hazy IPA. It is. You know what it's very drinkable with, according to their website. What is that, Greg? Grilled vegetables, citrus marinades, and Zach's favorite, stargazing. Uh, that is my oh, favorite. Oh yeah. We live All in right. Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a great place for stargazing. Hey, man, well, uh, probably not tonight. With it's well, raining some everywhere. Fish, some asparagus, a little lemon over it, Ooh. and I'll take you stargazing tonight, man. Uh, yeah, me and Josh are gonna go stargazing yeah, yeah, in the you're, clouds. You're not We're not gonna see shit. It's just gonna be cloudy and rainy. Be like, that's nice. It'll that's be romantic in a, be a muddy in a river. cemetery since yeah, Halloween. In a cemetery yeah. near a polluted river. That's exactly. How, that's that's how I'll be at home it. watching Sunday night football, but probably drinking a few of these spacecraft <laughs> IPAs as well because I really enjoy this beer and I'm looking forward to picking up a six pack here soon. So uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, let us know if you're picking up a, a pack of Hayescraft IPA uh, all across Ohio, uh, just in cans. So you're not going to get the bottles, just cans or uh, on draft, on tap, at the uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company tap room in Cleveland, Ohio. Boy, we need to make a trip up there. Get we, us do. Some of I'm in. we do. Ale. That Christmas day, I'm oh. all about it. I'm Ooh. about it, too. As we've started this segment, it's it's been a struggle. It's been a barn burn. For uh, Zach and Josh, uh, possibly a struggle for, for you listening at home, too. We're like uh, two teams without a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I bring the trivia. I bring the stats and knowledge. You guys bring the usually incorrect answers, <laughs> yeah. but we'll see what we can find here. Uh, this week's theme is championships with uh, the NBA championship going on, Stanley Cup just finishing up, and uh, the World Series uh, coming up here soon. 
we're talking championships. So our first question is in the NBA. I know okay. you guys yeah, our forte, favorite big, our sports. Forte. Big NBA guy. Uh, so, <laughs> That's the end of so the winner of the Heat-Lakers series will have won an NBA championship in three straight decades, the 00s, the 10s, and now the 20s. Uh, there are three franchises that have ever won championships in three straight decades. Can you guys name two of the three franchises that have ever done that? In the NBA. In the NBA. Celtics. Celtics are one. Lakers. Celtics and Lakers are you two? That's what I was going to go with, Celtics and Lakers. You guys going to go with Celtics and Lakers? Uh, uh, Celtics and Bulls. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Lakers, yeah. That's my only confident answer. Celtics and Lakers. <laughs> okay. You guys both get a half point there. Damn. Celtics are correct. Celtics have won in the 50s, well, yeah. 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's why I said two. Uh, the Lakers won, I believe it was 40s, 50s, 70s, 80s, ah. double O's, and 10s. Damn. The other two, you're going to have to look right around the turn of the decade. You got the Pistons winning in 89. Oh, Pistons were in my mind, but I was like, no way. 89, 90, and 04. Damn it. Okay. And Shit. then the other one, 90s, double O's, and 10s, the San Antonio Spurs ah. in 99. Yeah. Yeah. Several times in the 2000s. I swear to God, the Pistons were my second. So half, all right. half to half. Okay. All right. So um, with the Stanley Cup just being awarded <laughs> recently, uh, the St. Louis Blues held the Stanley Cup for more than 15 months until the NHL finally concluded their season last week with the Lightning taking it all. Who was the last team to hold the Stanley Cup for at least 15 months without winning consecutive cups? So like the Penguins won consecutive cups, but that doesn't count. <sighs> so maybe outside reasoning why the season may have gotten delayed. Oh Any idea what team that would be? Oh my god, I don't Canadians. Said Canadians? I have no idea. Um I'm gonna go with the Red Wings. The answer actually is a team that I mentioned in the question. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won the Stanley Cup in two thousand four. Then they had a lockout. Then they had a lockout Damn. in two thousand five. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wasn't thinking anything like that. I went that way soon. back to the Canadians. I was like, maybe some weird shit. Yeah, happened I was way trying back to go back then, like at yeah. least thirty yeah. years. Alrighty, so still half to half through two questions. Question number three. Uh, the short, sorry Josh, for, for the beginning of this one. The short best of three series has led to some records for bad offenses, including the Reds failing to score in their series versus the Braves. What is the record for the least numbers of, least number of runs scored in a World Series? So this is the entire World Series. How many runs do you think? We're just asking the number of number runs. Number of runs. Number of runs. By Over, winner or just what by mean, total? By any team. So this is actually by the loser. We'll say by the by loser. By the loser? Yeah. Seven. Seven. Two. The answer is two. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Answer for Josh. The 1966 Dodgers who got swept by the Orioles Ooh. in four. They scored two runs in game one. And did not score again in the series, Jeez. losing games three and wow. four, one to nothing. The Orioles actually only scored thirteen runs the whole season, which is the fifth least series series or in the series, which is the fifth <laughs> least really bad uh, number of runs <laughs> hey, defense in a series. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Also talking about the Dodgers again. The Dodgers are looking to get to the World Series again, but not allow their World Series appearance losing streak to go to three because they've lost their last two yeah. appearances in the World Series. Yep. The longest losing streak in World Series appearances is seven straight appearances lost. 
This is tied by two different teams. Can you give me either of the teams that lost seven straight World Series appearances? This does not have to be active. Seven straight. Seven straight World Series appearances. So it doesn't have to be like 2010, 2011, but it's like if they made it right, right. There's right. straight appearances. Yeah. yeah. Either of those teams. Oh, wow. Is both, one of them defunct? No, both teams are. They are active right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm or at least it. both franchises. They may have. They okay. may or may not have moved. Okay, I'm gonna say Boston Red Sox. Okay. <sighs> Damn you. Um, I think I have my backup answer too. Really? Yeah. Oh, the Cubs are so bad for so long. They weren't even in it though. Athletics. So you're going athletics? Yeah. That's what, a good one. What's your backup? My backup was the Brooklyn Dodgers. So you guys both should have gone with your backups. The two answers are the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs. Oh, oh man. Damn it. Oh, man. The Brooklyn Dodgers lost in 1916, 
Five. I'm going Miami. Miami. Four. Houston. Houston. Oh, no. You guys are both wrong. We'll give <laughs> you. We'll give you a quick hint. So it was 1938. So that was oh before. That was before the NBA had started. Right. And the NHL only had so many teams. Okay. Boston. So you think they only had four teams in the U.S. Do you know any of those original six teams? We have the Rangers. No. The Bruins. No. The Blackhawks. No. No way. It's not Detroit, is it? The answer is Detroit no in 1938. <laughs> what? The Red Wings, Tigers, yeah, and the yeah, Lions yeah. all won in uh, 1938. Damn. Wow. Fuck I, yeah, that, you, well, you were right about that hint. Yeah, I, the that last is the last city I would have you would have expected. Wow. Detroit in 1938. That's Grandmaster Greg's trivia. Let me know what you think. Motor on, baby. If you have any trivia questions, be Three sure to, to two and a half it. now. We still got a barn burner. Yep. Going on. Yeah, be sure to. We're going now. No, it's actually three to three now because you got a half point. That's right. You had a half point. So, so we're tied three, up. Three. We're all knotted at three uh, all nice. time now. All yeah. knotted up at three. Both guys winning two of the. Uh, two of the. <laughs> it's getting four. hot in the Emporium. Yeah, two of the four Emporium. So be sure to reach out to us if you have any trivia questions at Thirty Racket Sports. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're talking a little bit of football in the state of Ohio. Shockingly, uh, obviously, we're recording during the 1 o'clock games. Uh, into the fourth quarter, both the Browns and the Bengals are on their way to a win. That's a, that's a shocking that's sight. That's crazy. The Browns have scored 41 points so far. I had to ask you guys if you had drugged my drink. Because of the Browns <laughs> scoring 41 points. I always Bengals, say drug your drink. Whoa. Bengals up <laughs> For by, different reasons. Bengals <laughs> up by 11 points. We're just not even going to touch that one. Uh, Josh, we'll start with the Bengals here. How impressed are you by Burrow? Obviously, Mixon's had a big day. What are your thoughts on the Bengals so far? Obviously, a game against kind of a lesser team, a game they were actually favored to win, but... Uh, what are your thoughts on how things have kind of uh, but the formula, unraveled today? But the formula that they're using today is the formula that they always need to use. You have to find a way to get Joe Mixon into the game. This has been said since Zach Taylor took over last year. If you can get Joe Mixon into the game, then you open up the quarterback to mm-hmm. you get the play action going. But even none of that. None and you of, can take of, some of the pressure off the offensive line. Right, but even all that is secondary. If you get Joe Mixon into the game, Joe Mixon will make things happen. He will move the chains for you in two downs. He will get the scores in the red zone. You have to, and even today, that they, they've, had to, they've had to kick field goals at some point, one of them being in the red zone. You have got to find a way to convert red zone points. You cannot put these fantastic, like everyone's saying the Bengals can put these great drives together, and they can. But you have to convert those red zone points. You have to. Positives today, though, is that if you can have confidence at the offensive line position and you can open up the game for Mixon, then you open up the game for the entire offense and everybody benefits. This is the first time I've seen Mixon actually like run free all year. Yeah, it's amazing. have any impact in the game. And when he has impact in the game, the Bengals are a good team. Well, I think... You know, jumping off your point, Josh, you know, he's finally got a quarterback who uh still learning. Can make the but, but but he can make the th- he keeps the defense honest enough right. where you saw today where he had several runs just one man to beat, you know, open field. He should win that battle every time and he won it every time, you know, before he was 
getting hit in the backfield right up the line. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are knocking Mixon. I'm like, well, my like, yeah, you got nowhere to fucking go. Well, even if even if you run the even if you run a, a, a two two man backfield with Bernard and Mixon out of the oh, shotgun, yeah. maybe then you have two great mm-hmm. options at, at just just on the backs alone at receiving. Well, they there. both catch the ball well out right. The I mean, yeah. if you can continue to open up the offense and opening up the offense starts if the offensive line plays with confidence and gives gives Mixon his lanes. If Mixon is in the game and making an impact, that's the key. That opens up the rest of the offense to run the offense that is built for this team. Yeah. And that Zach Taylor wants, I, I believe and hope that he wants to run for this offense. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I, 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 am, I am questioning some of Zach Taylor's decisions in his coaching staff, but yeah. I mean, if they can pull out the win today, I think they should. This, this should be the formula. Every win that the Zach Taylor has had has been mixing opening up the rest of the offense. Right. That's what you've got to do. When you're talking formula, Greg, your brownies, you know, talking about formula today. I think they stuck to the formula, though, for the most part. Whoa. And, yeah, even and with injury. I'm amazed. Yeah. Even with uh, even with my guy, Nick Chubb, going down, the Browns have been just unbelievable running the ball. They have, so far, with still nine minutes <laughs> to go in the fourth quarter, they have 34 carries for 243 yards. Damn. So almost 250 yards of rushing. Uh, Dearness Johnson has come up with Chubb being out. 10 rushes for 77 yards. Hunt has 70 yards and two touchdowns. So it's one of those things where, you know, Baker's, you know, only thrown for 165 yards, but two touchdowns. Been able to kind of figure some things out. Uh, also had 37 yards off of Jarvis Landry. Double reverse that touchdown was, pass the, to, yeah. to Odell Beckham. But it's nice <laughs> to see the offense kicking kind of in the high gear that you thought that they could. The two things that I'm honestly most excited about is Odell, five catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, five catches, about 50 yards. Uh, you know, getting the the tight ends have nine catches in there. So getting everybody involved. And then also, you know, have given up 22 points. But the defense has stepped up. You know, yeah. a few fourth down uh, stops forcing a few turnovers, that's exactly what you want out of the defense. And this has been a game that, you know, once again, we've hoped to see out of the out of the Cleveland Browns and out of, you know, the team in general. So, Ooh. Uh, sorry, we're watching football. We're watching Red Oh, Sorry, we're watching yeah, Red that, Zone. And, uh, the, the football team scores. The football team scores. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. But uh, something really, you know, amazing to see and something that I, I can't, Honestly, believe what I've seen. The Browns scoring 30-plus points in three straight games. Who would have thought? So. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the Browns look good. Um, the Bengals, I was the objective person here as the Packers fan, so I don't have a... I'll admit, I lean... I'll, I'm, Browns are my second team. I lean towards them. But um, as I said before... Finally, I think the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. I think you know the Browns today. People were coming in. I know the betting might have been different, but the experts, right? The experts you hear. You watch any of the pregame shows? They all picked the Cowboys, and um, that was. A, I think that's a very big, important win for for Stefanski and that team it to go into Dallas, be. and they literally rolled them. They rolled them today. Um, that's a huge win for them. And I think for the Bengals, honestly, the Jaguars, that's your one, yeah, that's your very winnable, it's a 50-50 game. 
And so far, it looks like they're going to win that game as well. well I think maybe that's gives them, for them some confidence. Obviously, well, that's what I'm saying. The but that's the one. Week, but that's the one game everybody's probably like 50-50, right? Yeah. And you needed to go win that game, and they they look like they're going to win that game. So um, positives for both teams moving forward. The um, Bengals are still a few years away, but they got their quarterback. Uh, Browns have theirs, and they're rolling right now. So. Yep, a lot of good things at least this week. The rare amount of joy across the state for uh, both absurd. the NFL teams. Right now with college football, just a lot of uh, excitement and patiently waiting. Obviously, uh, yeah. the Mac coming back, playing. Everybody's uh, coming back. Playing now, most of their games during the middle of the week, so it'd be nice to have some midweek action yeah. coming back early November. And then also uh, Big Ten coming back end of October. Zach, I know you're excited about I'm that. I'm so excited. You have no but idea. I guess first we'll start with the team that, that played yeah. uh, this week. Uh, up to number 11 in the AP polls. We've got the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, We're all Cincinnati alums here. So. Bearcats winning 28-7, to even though uh, you know they had four turnovers. We're able to force five turnovers. Uh, Desmond Ritter looked up and down, but of course... Uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, backup quarterback Ben Bryant not available for the game. Uh, he was out, not in the stadium for, for some sort of reason. It might have been COVID tracing or something along those lines. But not available. But it's one of those things where, you know, you play those lesser teams and it's just kind of finding a way to win. They know they have to play better in two weeks against Tulsa, who just upset UCF. But, uh, Josh, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on, on the Cats so far this year? The Cats have looked good this year, Greg, especially that defense. I really, it, it's often that I say this with 110%, you know, sincerity, but I really do believe that the Bearcats defense is truly one of the best defenses in the country. Um, regardless of who they play, regardless of what a conference their opponent comes from, I think this Bearcats defense can't hang with any offense in the country. And I think they're good. That's well. That's kind of been shown yeah. early in the year. The only touchdowns that they gave up were, you know, they gave up uh, a couple touchdowns late with some with some uh, backups in versus Austin P. Uh, Army only got one touchdown, but that was on the defensive side. First time in I believe six years they were held without an offensive touchdown. Yeah. And then UCF or USF, I apologize, was only only scored once in the third quarter. So they went seven quarters without allowing a touchdown. Marcus Freeman is the real deal defensive coordinator, and I think oh, they're, yes. they're a top 10 to 15 defense in the nation, and that's been shown week in and week out against top competition and lesser competition, being able to transition to play a team that runs the triple option. Yeah. They're kind of the real deal, Zach. Oh, no. I I like this Bearcats defense, obviously. Uh... Obviously, some questions in offense, though. Huh. Oh, yeah, and that's that's kind of Desmond where... Ritter. I, I like the kid. He's got the talent. Um, he can make some stuff happen, but he can. But the decision making is a problem. And honestly, at this point, you he's getting to that that age, that experience level where you know, in much college football, right? We see these prospects come up. You start make to question. It's, it's not so much the coaching, is it just you don't make good make decisions? Yeah, it's make or break time. Um, I question Especially him. when you have some guys kind of in the waiting. You have Ben Bryant, who's got a yeah. big arm, who's been able to complete a lot of passes, even show that he's, you know, a guy that can even run a little bit. And then you've got, you know, one of the biggest recruits mm-hmm. Cincinnati's gotten in the last number of years, Mr. Ohio Football, Under Armour All-American, yeah. and, uh, you know, 
uh, dual Prater. threat quarterback yeah. from Wyoming, Evan Prater, you know, sitting there as a freshman this year. So it's one of those it, things that, like, it's not shocking he he's not playing, up. but um, yeah, Ritter, Ritter's on his uh, loose end here. The thing about Fickle, Fickle's a defensive guy, so he's relying on other people, I think, to make a lot of those offensive po- positions. Yeah, that's Mike Dombrock, so. who's been terrible so far. yeah i mean that's that's where i'm kind of getting out with with things is that it's kind of desmond ritter this is his third year as a starter and it, and at a certain point when you have a three-year starter who has been through what the bearcats have been through and has been like on the edge as a team yeah you've been on the uh, edge of greatness here for a while and you as the quarterback have kind of deteriorated through yeah. those three years if uh, like it's kind of weird to talk about because, you know, Desmond Ritter, when he first came out, was, was great. Everybody loved him. And I feel like every year since, he's taken a step back. And it's really strange to watch that happen. It's yeah. not something that you see a lot, I, I feel like. And I think it where, is because of, you know, some of the offensive coordinating. And I think the, the other thing is, you know, as, as a freshman, you saw he was a guy that could get out of the pocket but a guy that couldn't throw the ball well. And you're like, well, he's a redshirt freshman. You know, he has some skills. But it's like he has not consistently been able to make himself into a solid passer. And that's been shown time and time again, throwing some picks against, you know, Army and USF and everything else where it's like he's going to have to pick things up. Right. Right. I mean, there's uh, you've got four, uh, four no, interceptions great. through the first three games. You you've got you've got to tighten that up. I mean, you can't you can beat some of the teams that you're beating now, and you can get through the American Conference with that. But we're talking about the Cincinnati Bearcats, who have a chance to maybe break in, maybe break into the college playoff. Right. But you're not even going to get like a glance at that, maybe, if you're throwing the picks against the teams that you are now. Yeah, you're and not going to pass beating the into the ground. Yeah. Like there's some of these teams that you need to beat into the ground. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, the Bearcats defense is is handling that perfectly. Yeah. I mean they're they've only given up what three touchdowns all year through three games. But eventually, you know, they've got a couple of their tougher in conference games coming up. And if you're gonna play in the college p- football playoff, you've got to have a complete game. And I don't know if the Bearcats I mean, that's my are thing against the Bengals. playing complete. I right would now. give their defense Sure, fair shot in the playoff. Uh, the offense, no fucking way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, they're not, not going to put any SEC, points on no. anybody right. is my point. And that's why I think they need a guy that can throw the ball. Uh, if Ben Bryant's healthy, I would expect to see him get a few, a few series. If you're, well, if, you're UC, is, if you're a UC team and you're crashing the party, you need a gunslinger. You need a guy who can throw it in there like a fucking bullet well, and what's, through holes. What's, what's disappointing about this whole thing is that you have the complete team otherwise. Yeah. I mean, you have, have one of the best defenses in the country, and, and then between good... Jer- Jared Dokes and Charles McClellan, oh, yeah. you have two great backs right there. Yeah, you have yeah. a nice stable of backs. Yeah, yeah you have, so. I mean, even beyond them, you've got some good backs. You've got a great oh, yeah. great house back there in the backfield. If you can get a quarterback in there that can command the offense and make smart decisions and play a complete game, then Cincinnati really is, I think, one of the more dangerous teams out there. However... Without that commanding quarterback, I think Cincinnati is just another mid-major. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think we'll we'll see that coming up here. Um, also, uh, in two weeks, our next episode, we're taking next week off. We're going to yep. talk uh, a lot more Big Ten, Big Ten over-under. Yeah, buddy. Uh, get ourselves set Woo! for the Big Ten. And also, uh, the podcast's favorite conference, 
It's the return of the Mac. The Mac show. So we'll get we'll get ready. We'll get you prepped for uh, Big Ten in Ohio. We'll we'll set some expectations for the Buckeyes as well as getting things set for the Mac coming back at the beginning of November. Uh, Josh, I know last thing we want to talk about in Ohio. We've talked the NFL. We've talked uh, college football, but. Starting here, we got some playoffs starting in the, in the high school ranks. Yeah, we don't often uh, hit the Ohio high school realm, um, but it's a different different year, you know, yeah. with uh, COVID going on and everything. So this week, playoffs start. For playoffs. A, playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs, and a lot of teams are asking that. Playoffs. playoffs. A lot of teams that in Ohio, a lot of schools, high schools that have never been to the playoffs before, they get a chance to play in the playoffs. Everybody Yay. makes the playoffs. All-inclusive. Gentlemen, 648 schools in the state of Ohio will be playing in Damn. the state football playoffs. That I didn't even that's know there wild. were 648 schools in Ohio. That's, yeah. that's, with a, that's, that's with a couple hundred opting out there, buddy. Really? Yes. Wow. So it is starting. The Ohio high school football played a uh, six-week regular schedule. Um, you're allowed to play up to 10 regular season games. Wow. So even if you're not in the playoffs, if you opted out or if you lose, you can schedule some regular season games. But it's really going to be cool because you've got a lot of matchups that you wouldn't normally see. I know yeah. uh, Pickerington North and Pickerington Central and Columbus are kind of on a collision whoa, whoa, course. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they're not Columbus. They're, they're, they're south of Columbus. We used to whoop Pickering North's ass, by the way. So. Excuse me. South of Columbus. <laughs> those, those two schools are on a collision course to meet in the regional, uh, regional championship game. I know uh, St. Edward and St. Ignatius in Cleveland are on a collision course. Here in Cincinnati. Yeah, the big Catholic boys in uh, Cleveland. Yeah here, yeah, here in Cincinnati we'll have some Catholic versus public. Uh, presuming everybody that should win in week one goes on, we'll have uh, the Princeton Vikings against the Elder Panthers. That'd be weird. That'd be, uh, uh, that'd be a I, big game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg and I's alma mater, uh, the Mason Comets, taking on the Coleraine Cardinals week two. That's presuming everybody that should win wins. Yeah, and, and Elder has a good team, but also, uh, you know, Princeton might have one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Yeah, yeah. So. Prince, Princeton's coming on. I mean, it's like 1980s in here with uh, state football in Ohio right now <laughs> for high school. So It's exciting. It'll be interesting. I, I mean, and, and a lot of these games you can watch live on some sort of like online network. So, I mean, I know it's not something that people normally think about, but we could be seeing some great games here on Friday and Saturday nights throughout the state of Ohio. Yeah, we're all, we're all Ohio football. Whether it's Sundays, Saturdays, or Friday nights, we're locked into football. Obviously, some of the local channels or local online providers will have some of the games. If your neighbor's kid has like a peewee game, well, the three of us will show up with signs and picket, picket fences, and we'll be ready exactly. for it. Zach and I will probably get kicked out, but that's not the point. The point is, we're all about football. We're an Ohio sports podcast. Probably can't bring drinks into that, but we'll we'll meet you at the brewery after. 30 Rack of Sports, all in on football, and especially beers after. And now we move into the conclusion of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to uh, subscribe and rate and share on iTunes and Spotify uh, once again. On our social media at 30 Rack Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, guys, want to give a quick shout out to the beer of the week from Great Lakes, the Spacecraft. Uh, Hayescraft. Sorry, the Hayescraft Jeez. IPA. Uh, juicy, tropical, and hazy from Great Lakes Brewing in Great Cleveland. Great can, by the way. Too. Unbelievable really can. The can. Got the nice yeah. peach and green can with yeah. some... Uh, Local artist. 
And then also, if you're in the Cincinnati area, make sure to check out the 30 Rack Flight of the Week from 13 Below Brewery. Uh, shout out to them to for uh, letting us uh, get our Flight of the Week. Yeah, so, be, be looking, for, be looking for that uh, segment on social media. We'll have that out sometime this yeah, week. Be sure to follow us on all our social medias. Um, be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, let us know about 30 Rack Sports. One quick bookkeeping reminder, uh, we are going to be out next week. Uh, Zach and I will be in Washington, D.C. doing a little bit of 30 Rack on the road, trying Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, two, our two hosts here, they'll be on the mm-hmm. road. I'll be covering uh, high school football, uh, so we'll be off next week. But I think we're going to, all three of us, will come back with some great stories. Yeah, we'll come I back hope, with some great I stories. Hope, hope. We'll have some stuff on social media talking about the beers we'll be drinking, and then we'll come back in two weeks talking a, a little bit of uh, Big Ten and Mac preview. Uh getting you know uh close to midway point uh review on both the browns and the Bengals, and josh and then if uh, greg mentioned we're on spotify and itunes but i mean we're also on iHeartMedia. so if you have if you drive a fancy car responsibly i mean just tell your car to play 30 rack of sports on iHeartMedia, or tell your alexa or your google home or whatever <laughs> robot you have with you uh in your life your robot companion just tell them to play 30 rack of sports on iHeartMedia and or, or just Heart, or just give, radio or just give and, one of yeah. us a call and tell us to spew sports stakes at you because we'll do that anytime we'll gladly do that. we're available so to wrap it up for josh on the ones and twos for zach giving Yo. some sort of opinions For Greg, myself, the talent, thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack Sports. We'll see you in two weeks. Peace. (coughs) Yeah, I like that. Let's go with that.